1: Welcome to Robot Congress. I'm Ryan Morrison.
0: I am Austin Hoffman.
1: And I'm Ryan O'Connor. And this week we are here to talk to you about eSports. Every convention that happens, everywhere I go to speak, there's another panel going on that usually is called something along the lines of how to break into eSports, how to get into eSports. There's a million articles out there. How to get into esports. And to be quite blunt about it, I haven't seen one that's good yet. Uh, I haven't heard a panel that's good yet. Most of those articles, panels, everything else are even written for investors or sponsors to get into esports and make money. And the ones that are tailored to the players and how to become a pro player are just utter garbage, at least the ones I've seen. I'm sure there's (laughs) a good one or two out there. But
2: are you just jealous that
1: they that they didn't ask you to go on the panel? Always. Oh, is, is that what but, it is? Of course. But, uh, you know, the stage. non-pompously and pompously, we represent more players than anyone on the planet. So I've seen a lot of success stories. We did over 300 player contracts last year. We have over 400 players signed to us. I know how these guys get to that next level, and I know... A lot of them, where they came from, how they did it, what they had to do to get to that next level. And of course, there are no two exact same stories, but there are a lot of similarities amongst these pros and amongst what it takes to get there. So this episode, we're going to talk about what those requirements are, what it actually takes to be a pro when you are a pro, what is asked of you. And just how you stand out from the other really, really, really good players. Don't you just have to be really, really, really good? That's it. And uh, thanks for listening. See you guys next (laughs) week. All right, great. (laughs) No, so. Well, I guess the the first question is,
2: how do you get noticed? Like, assuming that you think you're good enough to make the cut. Because, I mean, it's got to start there. There's no, like, NCAA for esports. If you think you're good enough. How
1: do you get noticed?
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, first, is there an NCAA for esports?
1: Well, it might be the NCAA. They're they're talking very seriously about coming into esports. Uh, that is a, a whole other episode we'll do on collegiate esports, but and that might be so. Basically, this this. Podcast and this episode is being recorded before there is a collegiate scene. But I do think that eventually that is where a lot of talent is going to be scouted from. Is it starting We're seeing at Blizzard with their Heroes of the Storm college program? Heroes of the Dorm. Heroes of the Dorm. Uh, of the dorm. Uh, and uh, no, I, I mean, that is certainly one of the first. Kurt Melcher over at RMU, no longer at RMU, but uh, at the college RMU was the first esports collegiate program I'm aware of. Uh, Jason Greenglass, who works for my agency, he runs esports for us. We hired him out of there. Uh, And I think that the college scene over the next couple of years is going to explode. And I think a lot of the answers in this podcast might change to – go to college on, a, on an eSports scholarship and stand out there. Oh but God. right now, before that, there, that's not really the way. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of ways to do that. And when we're talking about eSports for this episode, we're not going to talk about Heroes of the Storm. I, I rep a lot of those players. I wish them the best and I, I root for them and love them. But let's talk about the top four games, as we would the top four sports, if we were talking about how to get into sports. Uh, the top four games being League of Legends, Dota two, CS:GO, and Overwatch. There are a plethora of other esports out there, but none on that level or even close. So, so what would you
2: need to do to get noticed by the big four,
1: assuming get, that you're good enough? Like, right. do you, so, do you just start on
2: Twitch? What do you do?
1: Well, well so that's that's the, the, there's a lot of different ways, but I think they're important to all walk through. The first is. Just be that good. Sometimes if you are consistently in the top five or even top 50 in a game, you're going to get noticed by scouts. A lot of these teams are, are way ahead of where they were five years ago and they employ actual scouts who go through these leaderboards and look, wow, this guy's here every time. Is he hacking? Is he botting? Is he boosting? Or is he that good? And if he's that good, he might get a tryout and you might get picked up or noticed that way. That is still probably one of the more rare ways. The other, the, the more common thing, Way That being really good at a game leads to prospects is when a bunch of really good players make their own team and they kind of simulate being professionals before they are. Since there is no official minor league, at least in most games, we're we're seeing that change pretty dramatically in a few games right now. Uh, But let's pretend, you know, we're in a game that doesn't have that. You would make your own team and just kind of consistently queue together. You would have scrims or, or practice every single day uh, with that, those same five or six players. And you would actually basically be your own team without a paycheck. Uh, when Living Overwatch...
0: life Before you actually join the pros.
1: 100%. When we saw Overwatch start, we saw a lot of teams that did that. And they were coming in with... Uh, There was one team in particular called you guys get paid for this question mark. And it was, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who just really busted their asses and put in the work and work equals success, Uh, which is important. And we'll get into later in this episode. But if you're not going to put in the work, if you don't have the right mindset or drive for this, don't even try. This is not I'm pretty good, so I should be on a team. This is a lifestyle. This is when I wake up to when I go to sleep. I am working towards and thinking about being on this team and making it better and making yourself better.
2: Uh, You're a professional athlete
1: for, I mean,
2: for the lack of a better term, that's what you are. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to have a couple cocktails on a Friday or Saturday for five hours and, and own some noobs.
1: No, that's what we do.
2: (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yes, we do
0: own some noobs.
1: Morrison,
0: would you have gotten scouted on the Starcraft ladder?
1: No, absolutely not. They, uh, there's only 50, weren't you? I was, but there's only a handful of American players that were, that good at starcraft huck who runs boston uprising right now in overwatch actually was one of the first americans to just win and be really good in korea so that's why he's kind of legendary in that game and there are others but it's once you got to that korean world in in starcraft it was just kind of game over for everybody yeah yeah well he's huge in in esports because of that uh and that's you know what? Again, he did that himself. He he was part of Evil Geniuses eventually, but he played his ass off and practiced his ass off, and got to a part where this this world was open to him. Uh, so again, really so, putting your 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 work in and getting that good isn't enough. Putting your work in, getting that good, and then involving yourself with a team or at least putting yourself out there in some capacity where you can get contacted or noticed we had a guy who was consistently number 1 in in uh, uh a game pretty recently that every team wanted to get a hold of but there was no way to do it cuz with that particular game you had to be a friend to message them he wouldn't accept friend requests and you know maybe oh he didn't want to be pro but maybe he just didn't realize he was turning down offers unintentionally get out but, oh yeah i mean so just be open to make sure you're out there if you're that good Uh, But I do think syncing up with other players who are also that good is important. Uh, More importantly, unfortunately, but this is true, is your brand. So being good is great. Being good and having a following is way better. So your Twitch numbers are going to be super important. Your Twitter followers are going to be super important. Everything else is way less important but matters. So YouTube matters. Instagram matters, et et cetera, et cetera, et cetera matters. But as it stands right now, uh, as, of the big, uh, January, big as of January 13th, 2018, they care about Twitter and Twitch the most uh, and, and Twitch most. If you when I'm pitching a player, I'm either really selling them on their talent and teamwork, as in they are going to come in and be a kickass player, but also fit in seamlessly. They're going to work with your team. They're going to make this team better. They're not going to tilt. They're not going to rage. They're not going to be that asshole that everyone's afraid of employing. Or I'm pitching them as the face of the team. Yes, you guys are a great team. Yes, you guys are a fine team and going to grow into a a great team. But you don't have that presence that this guy has. Exactly. And that's what uh, we work hard to to prove and show. And obviously we go into that player's back end and show all their stuff on their Twitch stats and and really just – here is their growth on Twitch. Yes, they only have 2,000 followers, but look how quickly they got him and look at the, the boost here ever since he's been uh, going crazy in PUBG or whatever it might be. And it works. I mean, those are the two things that, that teams and orgs care about. Do you think that it, it's going to continue that way with Twitch being the number one thing that they do? Because it, it's,
2: it's esports is unique in that is that. all like all professional athletes, they, they practice behind closed doors. But meanwhile, with Twitch, your skills are out there Every single night, your practice is on public display. Do you think it stays this way? Uh, that's true. I, that,
0: but that also that also gets the player a lot more uh, intimate with their fans. It, it's a different uh, I
1: know different it's level it's, of it's, it's yeah, it's a different horizon. Certainly. Well, keep in mind also when when football has, you know, when the Jets used to go practice at Hofstra, people went and watched. It's cool to see that the pros you really like and worship kind of uh, just not on that truly competitive stage, but see him a little more human and see them practicing. So yeah, I think
2: it's, it's like it's training camp every single day. now. Well, that's
1: like so that, but that's the two part answer of that. I think it's really cool for, for fans to do that. I think it's cool for the players to give that to their fans. That's never going to change in my opinion. What it does create though, is burnout in these players. They never get a chance to, you know, re- rewind or reset. They go from those tournaments where Listen, I mean, we're seeing it right now with Overwatch League launch. Some teams are getting dominated that expected to do amazingly and they're tilting and then they're they're forced to go on their stream because of their contracts. And and again, that's not going to change. And when they're on there, they can't get out of that funk and they have people trolling them or people asking them, why did you lose? And some of them don't take it as well as the others. And it's unfortunate to see and watch. But it's I, I think that's always going to be part of this environment. And The players are going to have to professional up. There's certainly clauses in their contracts that allow teams to find players who are insulting their teammates or being bad sports, but that's reality. It's going to happen.
0: required to like stream on Twitch? That's like a contractual obligation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Austin. And, and, and we're going to get into kind of what is expected of you as a pro when you get there. But first let's talk a little bit more about how to cross that threshold from, from really good or really popular into a team. And I think there's four things you need and two of them are super selfish of me to say, but I think they're a necessity. It is a lawyer. It is an agent. It is potentially a manager and it's an accountant. I well, think it seemed every- like you
2: were saying that you, you have to f- pretty much fake it till you make it. You, they, you're talking about these uh, like not even professional teams coming together, playing without a contract and
1: acting like professionals. You might as well get an agent, no? Exactly. And there's a, it's not me. I'm not going to represent those people anymore. I I I that's where I started, and I, I believe me, I worked for two years without a paycheck in the agency world, and I I love them and wish them the best, but. I just don't have the bandwidth to go work with the people who are the up and comers anymore. Some of my staff does. Sure. But there's also a lot of other agents and agencies out there. I would shop around and I would talk to all of them until you really click with somebody. Keep in mind, every player listening to this, that all agents have a silver tongue. All agents can convince you of anything. So don't let them just smooth talk. You actually ask about what they do, who they've worked with, what they have accomplished, they should have a really good idea of what their plan is for you or you shouldn't work with them. Don't listen to nice promises about, hey, I know this guy, this guy and this guy. Hey, I'm going to make you a star. It doesn't work like that. And to be perfectly pompous again about it, I don't know any other agents that exist that have a relationship with the org owners like I do. So it, it, anyone saying they do they have that relationship is probably lying. There's going to be more of them. There's going to be more coming up. But it's it's just not a huge world of them right now. And I would I would rather they be up front with you about that and say, hey, listen, I'm new to the game here. I am a really good talker. I'm a really good at business. I understand these contracts. I understand how to negotiate. But we're going to grow together here. And those are the kind of agents I want to see learning the hard way here and learning with players who are just as hungry as they are. We're we already are seeing more of that. So that's that's cool to see. But again,
2: now, do you see a lot of. When I say professional, I mean like conventional professional sports uh, agents coming into the esports arena, or are they kind of staying hands off? That's
0: something like they don't even care about.
1: That's a- well, for years they haven't even noticed this existed, but now they're coming in full throttle. So my agency's been reached out to by all all six of the big talent agencies, and uh, yeah, I think the sports you? agencies are next. I mean, it's it's just a, a, a matter of different conversations right now, of course. But we're not selling anywhere. You know, we we are here to make esports better, and I, I love it, so I'm not doing that. Uh, but long story short, yes, they're going to come and yes, they don't understand this world. Uh, I don't know anyone employed at any of these agencies that actually understands the player side of these sports. <laughs> There's a lot of geniuses there who understand the investment side or the team side of the league side. But they don't know what it's like to be a player, and I would rather see people like Chris Lloyd, who are coming up, that are, are agents, kind of that were players themselves, or or really just understand this world. Uh, what, what do and, they not
0: get? Like, what, what do they not understand? What is there to understand in the in the player's side, in like the player's world?
1: I mean, there's a it's it's endless to be honest. It's it's it, but at a ba- very base level, they just don't watch esports or know what esports even are. They heard there's money in it, so that's why they're coming over now. That's not who I would recommend working with. The reality is, though. The players on these teams, these self-made teams that are doing, like O'Connor said, faking it till they make it. I've yet to meet one that really understands business. I've met a lot who think they do. I've met a lot who, uh, you know, think they're good negotiators or understand what the 30-page contract they just signed means. Uh, But to be perfectly blunt about it, I I don't know any that that get it as well as someone who has the mind of an agent or a lawyer. They just – it's two different skill sets. I can't focus and be that good at a game. I just – I will never be that good at one of these games. And they're never going to be that good at negotiating or or reviewing a contract. And that's why you see on Twitter constantly or Reddit constantly all these players that are in, quote, unquote, contract jail or in terrible positions with their team. It's because they didn't read what they signed. They had very different expectations than what they actually put pen to paper. Uh, Again, just as a reminder to everyone, if I say to you, hey, Austin, I'm going to give you $5,000 a month and it's going to be a one year contract and you come play for me. And then I give you a contract, and that contract says $1,000 a month for 10 years.
0: Oh, wait a minute.
1: If you sign it, which a lot of people do because they don't read their contracts, that's binding. There's a clause in that contract called the entire agreement clause that basically says, doesn't matter what we talked about. Doesn't matter what I promised in email. Doesn't matter what I promised on Discord or Skype or anywhere else. Only within this contract matters. Exactly. And that is a clause that is super powerful that most people don't even know exists. And if you're not reading your contract carefully, you're absolutely asking to be screwed. Again, if you're starting out in esports and a team comes and offers you trips to land tournaments and $500 a month, you you probably can't afford an attorney in a traditional sense. Most attorneys charge two to three to $400 an hour, and that's just not worth it when they're reviewing a contract that's going to take them three to five hours. But there's a lot of, of attorneys trying to start up in esports also, so. Find them. Google around. It's on you as the player if you're signing something you don't understand. There are people you can afford, and there are people who will work with you. Yeah, they're probably, again, like,
0: on Reddit. Like, maybe they're, like, video game attorneys or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, Next. that's how I started, to be honest. I, again, I did pro bono work for two years to prove myself in this industry and to learn it and to, you know, really be part of it. And I there are other people trying to mimic that and do that, and, and they should be utilized by these players. Now, do you think the dreaded U-word shows up sooner or later? The unions? <laughs> oh, I mean, that's not dreaded on our end. It's it's, it's something that I think uh, is going to be a necessity. So legally, and we'll do another episode on this, actually. I'm, I'm, I I'm just had dinner and drinks with the head of the League of Legends Players Association, Hal. Uh, and I would love to have him on here and talk about this. But I think this is a it's, – it's a bigger conversation. Basically, the answer is it's going to be a necessity because these teams are violating antitrust laws. And the way they think they're not is that they own the IP. So basically, the NFL is an antitrust violation in and of itself because you can't play professional football outside of the NFL. The way they get around that is with the players union, you collectively bargain and then there's no more antitrust violations. Uh, with with these games, you can't play League of Legends outside of the LCS. But they're saying that's because we own the game. So it would basically be like if the NFL owned the football, they would have a different argument than the NFL owning Football in America, but again, it's a that's a such a deep conversation. It's going to be a, a whole nother episode. Uh, but long story short, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely coming. Player associations are absolutely coming. There's a lot of people that are selfishly trying to start them. There's a lot of pe- a lot of good people working on them. Great. Uh, I was super critical of the League of Legends one with Hal in particular until I talked to him. Uh, you know, on its face, it said, Riot's starting an association and paying for the lawyer to do it, and blah, 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 blah. I don't care what Riot's motives or intentions were. Again, I think a part of it was so they didn't get slapped with antitrust, but, or it, and also so it allows them to do things like a draft and a salary cap that you can't do without a union. But, that said, I, after speaking with Hal, I truly believe he has these players' best interests in heart uh, at heart, and I think he's he's doing an excellent job there. So I'm excited to see Just because
0: they're Sire. starting it for, uh, you know, for, for personal interest reasons, that they want to protect themselves doesn't mean that it can't be a a positive thing.
1: And I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah.
2: I mean, coming from a layman's perspective, I mean, as somebody who watches conventional sports, I mean, they've done pretty well. Even if the NFL's ratings has gone down, the NBA's have gone up 25 percent in the past year. I mean, they have a good business model and all of them have unions. It, It seems like they should want to join them instead of beating them. I don't know. That's just like I said, coming from a layman's perspective. Why not do it?
1: Well, eventually. again, I, I think they're – I mean they're going to. they're Because they have to. Again, it, it, they can't have a draft without a union. They can't have a, a salary cap without a union. So they're going to get unions. It's just part of it. Uh, I think the problem, which we're even seeing in League of Legends, is the players don't care. The, play, the, the pros that have been there and are there are so jaded with contracts and so jaded with their own rights. They're, they've been beaten down so much for so many years. And the League of Legends culture is very different than Overwatch or CSGO. Uh, So it's just, you know, it's harder to see change there. A lot of players don't show up to those meetings or care what the union is. Uh, I think that's going to be very different. Overwatch is is blowing my mind because I would say in League of Legends about 40 percent of the player base has an agent or a lawyer, which is up dramatically from where it was. But in Overwatch, I would say 90, 95 percent of them do. Uh, Everyone has at least talked to an agent in Overwatch. Not everyone signed with one, but I think there was – a ton. What's sad to see is I know I've had owners tell me that uh, some of these agents are literally just stealing money from their clients. They take the first offer, they sign exactly what the player would have had themselves, and they're taking you know whatever percent they take in exchange for doing literally nothing. And that's a shame and that's terrible to hear, but I think well, there's going to be better just ones out there. Like,
2: like bad business. Like, wouldn't you want, if you're making a percentage, once again, I'm not an agent and I don't know how it works, but it seems like they get the percentage of what the player does. Why would you sign the first offer? If you can argue to get them more money, hey, I, I mean, other
0: stuff, maybe it's not worth their time or maybe they, they, they just want to get the quick book. For I sure. Guess.
1: That's, that's absolutely one reason that they sign 30 players in, in a week and they're just going to lock them all in immediately and get free paychecks. Uh, the alternative is some of them are just bad. I mean, we have managers at our agency that are truly terrible negotiators. We've let one try once in like a training capacity. And it was like I didn't know you could be that bad at negotiating. And, and I get to be honest about it. I think most people are. If, the, if an owner comes to you and says, hey, you know, here's my range. It's 2000 to 2500. That means your counteroffer should be 20 million dollars. You know, don't immediately go into their range and feel like you're winning because you're at the higher end of a range they made up. Uh, it, I, I'm not going to give a class on negotiation in this this uh, podcast, but the, the long and short of it is I think some of these agents out there are just bad at their job, uh, but there are some that are great. So again, do your homework and see what, ask them what they're going to get and ask for communication, ask for honesty and, and constant communication with your agent, because if an owner offers them, if you talk to your agent and you say, Hey, I'm expecting to get a $60,000 offer. And then the agent goes to the owner and says, hey, I rep this guy. Let's let's talk. And the owner says, "Okay, cool. Our opening offer is 70,000. A lot of agents, unfortunately, I've caught them doing it. Walk it back to their players if they negotiated that 10 extra grand. And all they did was take their first offer. Uh, So they look like a good guy and they've done nothing. That's not acceptable. And again, I, I think that having an agent is a necessity for anyone who takes their career seriously because this is a business and you're too focused on the game to care about all this stuff it's
0: all about specializing you should specialize on what you're trying to do instead of the ancillary stuff which somebody else can specialize on
1: for sure and you should have a lawyer read the freaking contract i'm sick of seeing people <laughs> signing bad <laughs> contracts
0: hey ryan ever felt like the road was getting a little too warm for comfort Well, no i enjoy myself a fine heated strip of thoroughfare well then have i got the show for you hot streets the new adult swim sci-fi comedy hybrid with a never-ending sense of what the hell's going on here. Wait, is that the show that features Justin Roiland, co-creator of Rick and Morty, as the lovable sidekick and badass dog Chubby Webbers? You remember? Know it. It's the new comedy from creator Brian Wiseau and the team behind Robot Chicken and Rick and Morty. It's crazy nuts with brain monsters and FBI teams and future phones, and you'll never forget the first time you heard Roiland as Chubby Webbers singing "Rah rah 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 ruu." It'll be see it into your memory forever it sounds like x-files meets scooby-doo except even better and dumber than that could be you know it hot street starts sunday january 14th at midnight on adult swim with back-to-back episodes oh great i didn't want it to be one and done i love back-to-back episodes don't miss it january 14th midnight adult swim be there or turn into an incoherently speaking dog
2: Okay, more sense about to have an aneurysm. So let's move a little bit forward. So assuming you're not getting screwed on your contract and the contract's good, you get your jersey printed and you're ready to go.
1: What is it like? Like, what's it like for an esports player? So like, it's a different game to game, but the the general thing is, and it's it's surprised I would say it's very surprising to most most people. I heard the life uh, is hell. No, I mean the life. The life is hell compared to most things, but it's also a life that they are. Accustomed to and and seemingly satisfied with just there are parts of it that are too you'll right, let's go through it so a lot of them they wake up and the first thing they do is go to the gym and that's not because they're health nuts it's because their team mandates that uh, if you notice it, it's rare you see a ton of super overweight esports players that's because you know uh, body fitness translates to how quickly you can click a mouse and milliseconds translate into you know millions of dollars in some games so. Teams are getting nutritionists, they're getting mental health coaches, they're getting et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the players now are are told in their contract, when you wake up, you go to the gym for an hour, two hours, whatever it is. And so every player is going to be different, but they're going to spend a few hours after the gym scrimming. They're going to spend a few hours as a team reviewing videos of what previous scrim. What is scrimming? So scrimming is just it's it's practicing, it's scrimmaging, exactly. It's it's another it's what every player refers to as their practice.
0: All right, so they're, so, they're playing they're playing so, the game like online. They're playing against other people. Are they playing well,
1: against each other? Like what? Yeah, what is the specifics? It again, it changes, but oftentimes they scrim against each other. Pro teams will scrim against each other. That's not on Twitch. That's offline where they're taking it very serious. They're in a land setting and they're just playing against each other to practice. Uh, sometimes if a team has 12 players or, or 10 players, depending on the game, they will scrim against themselves. Uh, other times they're going to get randos or people that they're interested in trying out and have them scrim against the real team. And other times, yeah, they'll, they'll kind of play rank together, but some games are pushing back on that because they don't want replacement games being played on Twitch, basically. So after that, after a few hours of scrimming, there's a few hours of video review, They're usually brought food to their desk for lunch and dinner, so they don't even get up then. They're then usually end the day by streaming. So morning to night, they are in front of that computer practicing this game or or watching videos of the game or talking about theory on the game. And there's not a lot of downtime for them. And that's why usually they have a day off, only one day. And that's six days a week, 12 to 15 hours a day. Longer. Uh, Yeah, I think it's longer than that. And it's it's insane. It really is. I mean, that's why you see so many pros burn out so early.
0: Because the life is rough. Jesus.
1: And it's something that the union will certainly change. It's something that we've changed. I mean, in our contracts, we don't allow the ridiculous I mean, there used to be contracts that would say you're, you're responsible for 60 hours of streaming a week and 60 hours of practicing a week and you know, five hours of, of this a week and whatever it was, plus 10 in-person appearances a month for sponsors and all this other ridiculous stuff. And if you add that up, they don't sleep. And it's it, yeah, and there's, it's and, and there was a lot these of are like taken advantage 16
2: about. to 25 year old kids you're like a slave to Good league.
1: Good lord, they need a union. Yeah, for sure. And and unfortunately, you know, again, Bryce reps a lot of, a lot of the. Bryce Blum reps, represents a lot of the teams in America. Uh, I represent a ton of the players. And there's been a lot of cleaning up of the industry in this this country and this region. Through that, And because we did so many contracts pro bono, I can't tell you how many esports players I helped without charging a dollar and they were like million dollar deals. And the player just laughed, you know, basically at, in his, at, at me as he walked away. But still, you know, it was important and I had to show them that there's value to this. And I think we've made a lot of change. With Europe, you know, we see orgs that are are doing things the right way that I'm really happy to work with, like, like Marty, who owns Splice. Splice is a great org that operates, you know, they are uh, I'm based in America, but they operate in the EU. But there's other orgs doing the exact same thing, like H2K that's operated in America but but runs in Europe, uh, and that I, I don't think are doing very well and, in my opinion, are not a very nice org. Uh, so fire. there's I, – yeah, I mean I'm not shy about that. I, I definitely don't like the management over there, and I don't think that they you know have their players' best interests in heart. But again, Wait, that's –
2: So you're saying that Europe is five years behind America when it comes to workers' rights for yeah, once? Yeah, that's funny. Uh, it usually, usually
0: Europe is the one that's ahead of us.
2: Yeah, take that, Denmark –
0: Suck
2: it, Sweden. <laughs> it just seems like so many hours for like I know it's all dedication, but
1: the problem is, is with esports, it doesn't. There's not an off season. Like yes, there's 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 time well, there quite the- literally is an off season in most games, but right when that when there's the off season, the contracts then require more streaming or more event participation. There's no empty uh, time. I- I don't want to it's act not. like they're slaves. I mean, they're, they're not. They work insane schedules, but they still are usually flown home for Christmas. They're flown home uh, at one other point in the year to see their family. So, yes, it's an intense lifestyle. It's a ridiculous lifestyle. And if you're trying to get into that world, be ready for that. Yeah, if no, you're a no player you're getting who, into. Yeah, if you're just really good but you can't grind like that, then this isn't for you. Go be people a streamer. How it now?
0: Professional players are like 18, 16,
1: Let's use Overwatch League for example, just because they have the most recent rule set. They have uh, 18 as the cutoff. If you're under 18, you can play in Contenders, but you can't play for the Overwatch League. The so we're seeing, yeah, we're seeing players that are 16 that would be in L right now, but they're not because they are not 18. Uh, we're seeing teams who have signed 17 year olds that are just kind of sitting on the bench waiting to turn 18. Uh, Sinatra and Super on on Shock, for example. And you're seeing the uh, the 16 year olds placed on contenders teams or elsewhere, and you're seeing people. I mean, it's, it, in Dota 2, there, we have a TI winner that was 16 at the time. You know, yeah, it's, I mean, Sumail of Evil Geniuses became a millionaire at
2: 16 years old. I mean, uh, is it is it right to deny them if they have the ability to do so to earn that money? I mean, I'm, he he can't drop out of high school, so clearly he had to meet the education requirements. But like, he became a millionaire.
1: Yeah, like, and and in again, one like. Again, there, there are ways around child labor laws, which most orgs get around them by just ignoring them. But there's still child labor laws. And when you have a child on a schedule like that, it's something that you really have to be serious about and really be careful with.
2: Well, and building off of that, how do uh, like parents factor into that? Because like the, the, the youngest NBA player was 18 years old in five days when he started his first NBA game. Sumil's 16. Where does the parent factor in there? When it comes to, like, earnings, contracts, how does that all work? It's, well, is it, it parent really the one, is,
1: parent the one that has to I, sign? Yeah, exactly. So a, any a little law fun for you on our legal podcast is that when you are a minor and you sign a contract, you can void that contract basically whenever you want. Under most state laws, this is not legal advice. This is general disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. We learned but,
0: this in, in high school, yeah.
1: Yeah, usually a minor can void the contract. But what's interesting is the other party can't. So it's not a void contract. It's a voidable contract by one of the parties. And that's why teams are terrified of signing minors because they can usually just get out of it. Sometimes, even with the parental signature. So we've talked about too young. Is there a too old? Like like
0: thirty like 30, You're thirty five. You play lots and lots of Overwatch, and you you're pretty good. Are you? You know, should you consider a career change?
1: I'm not thirty five. I'm young and beautiful. But <laughs> for the record, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> for the record. Uh, The answer is I don't know. It's not happened. There has not been a 35 year old pro rookie, uh, but it's possible there. There is no study that I've read that basically says muscles deteriorate and die at 27 and you can't be a pro anymore. The wear and tear uh... that other sports have isn't as real here. So if you and if you're you are older and you're or even if you're younger, everyone basically should care about their their uh, fingers if they're playing a lot because carpal tunnels very real and a plethora of other nonsense that I don't understand because I'm a lawyer and not a doctor. Uh, Kate McGee, C-A-I-T-M-C-G-E-E-P-T on Twitter is a physical therapist who works with a lot of esports players. And uh, there are other one out there for sure, but I'm friends with Kate, so she gets a shout out. And, uh, you know, look at her little simple tips on what to do in between matches to keep your fingers fresh and loose. And maybe, yeah, if people start caring about their bodies better and playing really well, we might see some 35-year-old pros. It's definitely not unbelievable. Now, I, I, gonna... I think
0: that slower reflexes thing is just a myth.
1: I agree with you. I, I think it's uh, it, there's not a lot of science behind it. Other than, yeah, most bodies slow down as they get older because people stop being active as much. Their lifestyle changes. So if you keep your, your fingers fit and your mind fit and your body fit, I, it, there's no reason that you have to stop playing at 29.
2: Now, I was going to ask this. because You said that there's the, the the big four of games. I mean, is there a game on the horizon besides Overwatch that you think if a kid wanted to go pro it would actually be viable for them to do
0: do you mean like money wise like, like money yeah like when it's coming up, making
2: that cheddar
0: oh so it's like i just want to be a professional hate. esports player i don't care what game i'm playing i just want to make the most about, money
2: i mean people that are good athletes can be passable at several
1: sports obviously they're going to have their best sport yeah i think that the the reality is a lot of pro esports players are going to be really good at a bunch of different games but there is one game it it the amount of hours it takes to be good at a single game is not repeatable. No, no, no League of Legends player is going to instantaneously change over to an Overwatch player. So with that said, you know, play the game that you like, that you're also feel your best at. And that and that's the one to chase. OK. And like besides Overwatch, so, do what do you you see love, any,
0: so long as it's one see, of the big
1: ones. Yeah. Do I mean, see, listen, it's, it's real if, uh, by your question, O'Connor, like a Smash Brothers player. There are very few of them who are not also working a second job. That's true of any fighting game. That's true of most eSports. But with those top four and then with the next five under them, people are making livings off it. And there's, I think there's only going to be more games where that's true, not less. Do
2: you see anyone coming up is what I'm getting at? Like anyone besides like like Overwatch League is obviously the biggest news.
1: Yeah, the... I mean NBA is, is putting out a – well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the NBA 2K League is coming out. FIFA is coming out with the league. Uh, I think we're going to see – you know, not a, a lot of success with one and maybe a lot of international success with the other.
2: So you're saying FIFA and NBA. I know this is a, a it's an easy target to pick on, but I think it's a legitimate question. Uh, is there concerns EA now becoming with, with FIFA and the NBA game and maybe even Madden that they become a, a player in the-
1: Listen, EA's, EA's the bad guy in game dev. They're not even close to the list of bad guys in esports. So, you know, they their, their usual- tomfoolery will not be put up with here and they're they're, they're just not gonna it's gonna that be is, done really well or question? it's not any episode it is, that includes tomfoolery legitimate. is
2: gold so we're on track
1: all right so we're talking about
2: players how do you become an owner like if you're just a millionaire could you just become
1: an owner how you wealthy just do up? i have to be yeah i mean there, that's a great question there there's a real difference between a tier one org Versus a tier ten org, and we're seeing a lot of tier ten orgs. Somebody with daddy's credit card for the weekend that got a Twitter and a and a crappy icon that they probably usually stole from an artist rather than pay for it, and they start a team, and then they sign a bunch of players to that team, and then actually they don't yeah that's pay a great point.
0: You don't have to have a lot of money. You just have to find players that don't have lawyers.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <It's> unfortunately, <laughs> true. You're right, no. and and that happens a lot. Like there are teams started with zero dollars. Now the legitimate teams will pay you a salary cover your travel take care of it in a million other ways and uh those are very different those take a ton of money and investors and if if you're serious about that path and you want to get into esports as an owner you know this isn't the podcast for you email me and i'll introduce (laughs) you to some people
0: (laughs) are you saying you can't get all the info that you need from this episode
1: yeah and i'm also saying that there's uh so many bad owners out there that are not even really owners they're just absolute idiots that uh yeah, it, it's on the player sometimes. Like if you can't talk to some of these douchebags and realize like, wow, this kid's 16 and doesn't have any money and is a liar. <laughs> uh, they are. If they send you a contract that's written in a word doc that says, oh henceforth, gosh. and we're, we're at, whereas blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then it's like him writing big nonsense. Uh, the, the, the secret lawyer thing that I'm going to let you all in on. And this is a super secret lawyer tip is you can always tell when a non-lawyer messed with a contract. Because defined terms – so in section one, usually there's a bunch of defined terms. If you go through and those terms are used but not capitalized because they the people editing contracts, they try to alter it and sound like a lawyer and use all these defined words. But they don't capitalize it because they don't realize defined terms need to be capitalized.
2: Like terms or, of
1: service? No, whatever it is. So if I define net revenue, every time I say net revenue in the contract, it yeah, needs to be capital N, capital man. R. Uh, and most people don't know that, so they don't do that. And they, it's, it's always easy to tell where people are messing around with contracts that they stole offline. What's also really funny is most esports orgs at this point are using Bryce Blum's contract without ever having spoken to or paid Bryce Blum. They've <laughs> uh, they they they've circulated around enough where they're stealing them and they're using really old versions that have errors in them and are hilariously bad because they've been chopped up by uh, 13-year-olds so many times that are not lawyers. And it's it's really funny when I get them. A lot of them even leave Bryce in the notice section. So in a contract on these things, if there is a breach or a problem – uh, each party's supposed to put their lawyer in the notice section and so many of these guys who are stealing contracts leave Bryce in there without even realizing it and they've never spoken to Bryce wow, wow. it's very funny <laughs>
2: that that good is, I'm learning all this from A- and my you know what that's, law that's funny to my, my people not just
1: lawyers well it's all it's it, the, my favorite is when other lawyers steal it so, like, an org says, you know, oh, yeah, we, we hired a law firm, uh, here's their eSports contract, and they send me Bryce's contract. That happens so often.
0: Oh, you're working with Bryce. No. Uh, well.
1: And wow. I'm, I'm, fr- I'm friendly with Bryce, so I always tell him that, and then I call out the org. I'm like, hey, just so you know, your lawyer's stealing from you.
0: <laughs> wow. That's that's crazy.
1: Yeah, because screw them.
2: Wow. Okay.
1: Well, now I know
2: all of these things, so I can start hiring esports players for my secret esports teams. That's well, right. Yeah, but you need to start Good. streaming on Twitch first. Yes. Uh, we'll find all the Twitchers. Is that what they're called? What would I you know? name your Twitchers? team? I guess the O'Connor. Twitchers. We could name our team the Twitchers.
1: No, that's the your Twitch- team name. O'Connor, what's your team name?
2: The Awesome!
1: Always! The my just, Wow. I don't want the New York Excelsior. I want the New York Awesome. That's. Like, you were perpetually 13 and I love you. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Bright yellow uniforms, and we are just the awesome right across the chest. Perfect. Oh, okay, yeah.
2: You can't escape this. Mm. Oh. Choose on the other foot. Come up quick. You're no content creator, boy. I Let's would go. name my team Team Liquid. <laughs> liquid. Well, yeah, but you, <laughs> you, use you, more should, you should really be like Team Solid or Team Gas. That would be funny. If I'm like eight clouds. cloud eight team team eight clouds no ten
1: clouds because you're one cloud better than the other team Team (laughs) liquid phasing clouds that's what you go with because of phase and clouds nine i'm tired i spoke a lot this episode how dare you all it's it's we were supposed to have a guest oh yeah we were supposed to have a guest but then that guest decided it's his birthday and he had better things to do (laughs) what i don't also i forgot to tell him that we were recording today (laughs) also
2: i don't even we don't even know who the guest is. that's why you're the guest other two hosts
1: It'll be on another episode. Now it's your
2: uh, birthday. Yeah, He's I'm a- sure you really hate hearing the sound of your own voice, as we all know. La-da-da-da. I don't
1: listen <laughs> to this, this show. This show's terrible. But uh, yeah, okay, long story short, you if you're a player, keep your head down, work your butt off, practice and, and care about your brand. Stream, I don't care if it, you have two viewers and they're both your mom, stream and don't stop streaming. Get the Twitch affiliate thing that's super easy to get even without viewers. And then just keep working at it. And when you start to get good enough, that you think you should have offers, wait three months, get better, and then start reaching out to agents.
2: Yeah! Do it. Because when you really think you're good
1: enough, you're not.
0: When, right. Okay, when you think you're good enough, you're not. That that it That's good enough to go out on.
1: That's it's that true. kind of negativity that I enjoy. No, it's true. I mean, I don't know... I don't rep a single successful esports player who thinks he's the best. It's the opposite of the NBA. All of these players think that there's someone else better out there that they're chasing, that they're working their ass off to be like... And yeah, they think they're damn good, but they they are the most self-critical people I know. And you have to be that way to be this good at something that that is so unforgiving. This is way more unforgiving than anything else in any kind of sports. Hey, before we leave, I just want to say to anyone listening in Hawaii, I am sorry, and I love you, and that this is the the worst thing I've ever heard of. I don't, for for those listening who are unaware. Uh, As we're recording this on January 13th, a couple days before it'll come out, the the, there was an emergency alert app that said in all caps sent to most cell phones in Hawaii, emergency alert, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. And yes, we're absolutely all going to laugh about this eventually. But I cannot I can't even fathom how terrifying that must have been for for everyone. And there's so many reports coming out of people texting their loved ones goodbye and and. Sheltering their family in closets and things like that. So, whoever let this happen needs to be severely fired and punished. Yeah, it took them and like
0: twenty minutes to issue a a retraction, right? Something.
1: Like yeah, that. it's it's just so bad. So, it, I mean, that's Wait, one of so the it worst. It didn't story. actually happen. No, it did happen. Well,
0: was it no, Con- a missile no, you know, fired? saying there was no miss. No, there was no missile. It was a. Yeah, it was an error. Bad.
1: was sent out and it wasn't true okay well i you weren't alluding to that part hey silver
0: lining it was sent out and it wasn't true absolutely once again thank you for listening to robot congress don't forget to follow the show at robot congress follow ryan morrison at mr ryan morrison follow me at robot austin don't forget to rate and subscribe on itunes good night That was a HeadGum Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Robot Congress Arena. This evening we have for you an exciting exhibition of eSports entertainment. The indomitable Friday Night Frights face off against the Wiley. The unpredictable Cloud Fine. Two titanically talented teams that have fought their way match after match to reach the big stage. And be presented to you, the roaring hundreds of thousands of fans... This evening, as the finest teams in esports history. They'll be competing for not 10, not 20, but the $50 million prize. But let's not forget, it isn't a simple thing to be the best. We have to ask the big questions. You're rich, you're famous, you're huge in Korea. So, Mr. Top Esports Player, how did you get to where you are today?
2: You just wanted to record that for the last minute of the episode, didn't you?
0: Maybe. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's
0: why I added your air horn. Yay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Everything's better with rap air horns. <laughs> yes. I am. I'm waiting for Morrison to start cooking. I gave him that master class of Gordon Ramsay.
0: Yep. We have for you this evening a fantastic dinner. We've well, taken not- this salmon, roasted it, and paired it with a fine Prosecco.